Howdy, howdy, howdy do Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 276. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. (laughs) I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy, 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 do again, Who fans. Welcome back for another week. Hope you're all well, keeping safe, and that you've had a cracking week and you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor Who, Who related. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> something Doctor Who related. Been a quiet week, dude. Yeah. Been a quiet tumbleweed. week. Again. Yeah, the old tumbleweed's out. <laughs> I was hoping that the uh, as we're getting closer to... um. Because in my mind, I don't know why, this is probably completely incorrect, but in my mind, when we get into August, I think to myself, right, for some reason, August just sounds like it's more, uh, as we go into sort of autumn, I suppose. It's not, because it's still really hot and sunny. It's like the summer months. But for some reason in my head, I've got this thing that in August, we hear a, a couple of little nuggets of news about potential Christmas specials or New Year's specials, that kind of thing. Uh, and on top of that, because we haven't heard anything for so long, uh, I thought that we were going to start hearing stuff about what's going on with new, like new series, Doctor Who, and and all that jazz. Yeah. But yeah. literally, it's been another week. I think this is like the seventh week on the bounce or something. It's just nothing about me. It's completely. Uh, it's, it must it's be barren. really. Di- yeah, it's barren. It must be really difficult for like the official Doctor Who Facebook to keep churning up stuff and keep generating interest and Twitter. And I know they put up all the little clips and stuff to you know just to mm-hmm. remind us that the show still exists but so uh, yeah it does feel quite barren doesn't it well i mean i think filming was halted because of covid um i don't know what's happening with that uh we know the specials film so that's sort of in the can waiting to be released or whatever 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that's all we know, isn't it? We don't know. Any- I don't even think they've started filming as far as I'm aware, which is strange. It just means I've just already sort of resided, resided myself to the fact that we're not going to get a, another series for quite some time. I mean, I don't think they've even started filming it, I don't think. So we've got a long way, <clears throat> excuse me, to the next series. Yeah, it feels like so it. We do, all yeah. we've got to really on the horizon, that little glimmering, shining light on the horizon is this the special so we can only hope that's decent <laughs> yeah yeah it would just be nice if we saw like uh even if it's just a a, a set picture mm. or, or something just to sort of keep people because on their on the youtube channel for the most part they've been putting classic doctor who on there yeah so yeah. they've put like little trailers and scenes and stuff from a lot of classic doctor who which is great but they've not They've not teased or said anything about the special that's coming up, and uh, I know it's only August, but I just yeah. for some reason I just thought we would we would have heard something by now, like a cool set photo that would have got people talking and stuff like that, and start that slow ramp up into the end of the year, you know. But yeah, yeah, thank God for the watch-alongs, eh? Because I think they really tidied this over the um, last couple of months during lockdown. I mean, obviously that's all over now, but God, imagine if we hadn't had that. You know, because that really was a good thing. I mean, that, that you know, really sort of brought a lot of fandom out and uh, and together and stuff. So, um, kind of miss miss all that stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know nothing on the horizon with the new new bits. Um, big finish. I mean, uh, most of the dot two related stuff that I'm keeping tabs on a minute is big finish. They are just they're the opposite. They are just I don't know how they are churning out so much stuff at the minute, aren't they? They're really on a roll. They are. Um, yeah. I listened to um, a bit of Stranded, the, the began a couple of weeks ago, um, which is uh, really, really good. Really enjoyed that. I've, I've only managed to listen to the first one. Um, but yeah, Tom Baker's in it as well, playing the creators. So that was good. But yeah, they're on an absolute roll. They've got like, um, they've got a fourth Doctor and tenth Doctor audio coming out. Is it this month or next month? Soon. Um, next month, I think. Yeah. Is it next month? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and yeah, they just they just seem to be on an absolute roll at the minute. So that's a good thing with audio is that they they've managed to record quite a few of them in lockdown, haven't they? It's like whereas we're filming, they cut, it's really difficult to do social distancing when filming a scene. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. Big Finish have managed to find ways around that, so it doesn't really stop them, which is yeah. great, really. Uh, so once again, <laughs> just like they did back during the '90s, they're filling in that void. Yeah, of stuff, you know. Big finish to the rescue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Talking a big finish. Um, a quick plug for the website. Uh, one of our writers, Jordan. He's um, he's done Jordan a couple of really Shortman. cool. Yeah, Jordan Shortman. Yeah, he's done a couple of cool. Uh, uh, he does these um, these reviews every now and then called um, uh, the Big Finish Vault, where he dives in and picks a couple of stories from from many moons ago. Yeah, and he did a few of those recently. He did um, the genocide machine and Red Dawn, which was a Fifth Doctor, uh, Fifth Doctor and Perry story, a couple of stories, and he also did um, the Spectre of Lanyon Moor and oh, Win- yes. Winter for the Adept, which was a uh, Fifth Doctor and these are early ones, aren't they? Fifth Doctor and um, what's <clears> her <throat> face? Nissa. Nissa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's her face? What's I think that no, that was her first name. What's her face, Mister? <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, I might check out the Spectre of Lanyon Moore. So, of course, it's a Sixth Doctor story. That one, but that's got the brig in it. That's got Nick Courtney. So that's one of those early. Yeah, 
It is what, um, yeah, these yeah. titles, I remember these. I haven't listened to these for years. They're early ones, but um, some of the early stuff's really good. There, there is a couple of real clangers in the early. There is one with the brig, which is dreadful. I can't think which one it is. I don't think it's that. I think it might be Minuet in Hell. Oh, Minuet, um, yeah. <laughs> is that a bad one? It's I, I don't not know. That I know there's great, an early yeah. one with the brig, which I remember thinking, what is going on in this? But yeah, yeah, yeah it's some good stuff in the early range. Yeah, it's not that great. Um, but Winter <laughs> for the Adept. Uh, that fifth doc, uh, fifth doctor and Nissan one's pretty good. It's an Andrew Cartmill story. That one, it's pretty good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our old mate, Mr. Cartmill. Uh, and then just lastly on the website, Jordan also did a post the other day where uh, these are really fun. These posts where it's basically his pitch. So for Doctor Who, so if he was going up for the interview for showrunner, these are the ideas and stories that he's got in his head that he wants to do and he's already done three of these he's on to his series series four now so if jordan was showrunner this is um jordan's uh series four um but these are really in-depth posts and he outlines all of the characters and the main story arc and then he goes through in detail and titles each episode and gives you a synopsis for each of his episodes and um yeah this one actually sounds very very cool because his fourth series culminates with uh, Sutek returning in a three-part finale. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, it's a cracking read. So uh, it's a bit of a plug, obviously, but if you head over to our website, uh, Big Blue Box Podcast at Cadet UK, you can find all of all of those articles. And obviously our other writers as well, uh, Mark and Maria, they've done some uh, some cracking stuff on there as well. So you can check those guys' uh, those guys' articles out. But Yeah, uh, no, right, yeah. rightly give them a I was just going to say, they're sort of the unsung heroes of the podcast, aren't they? Because anyone that's new to listening to us, um, our writers do really great work um, for the website. So it's not just about the, the podcast you listen to. Really, they, yeah, they're like the unsung heroes of the pod. They do great, great stuff for us uh, they do. over on the website. Yeah. So yeah, please do go and check it out. Yeah, well, They do indeedy. But yeah, big finish. Um, coming to the rescue, uh, <laughs> as always. As always. Yeah. Uh, I've not done anything Doctor Who-y since we last spoke last week, dude. The only one thing I have done, which is completely random, I don't know why, but I watched um, Castro Valva. Oh yeah, a few days. I have no idea why. Do you know what? It wasn't in my head to watch it. I didn't think. Right, I'm gonna. I, I'm in the mood for Castro Valva today. Uh, it's have, we, a, um, have we reviewed it? We haven't yet. We haven't yet. We haven't. No, no. What I was no. about to say. No. Oh, I won't say what I think. <laughs> um, but it's a bloody BritBox app. So when I fire oh. up BritBox and I go through it, it was just the first story that was listed under the Fifth Doctor. As the scrolling through, it just stopped at that thumbnail. So I was like, oh, what the hell. <laughs> What the hell? We'll fire up a bit of Castro Valva. So. I can't believe we haven't reviewed that. Oh, we, I look. I really look forward to when we get round to that one, because um, mm. I've got some. Yeah, I've got some really good thoughts on that. I bet there were bits in it that were cracking you up, though. Of course. Like, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll save it for when we review. <laughs> I thought we'd done it for some reason, but yeah. No, we have done most of um, Davison's run. We've got one, two, three. We've got four stories left to do. Is that all? Yeah, Castro Valva, Enlightenment, Frontios, and Planet of Fire. Oh, they're actually in in their own ways. Each one of those is really going to be interesting in their own way because they're all quite different. Yeah. Have we done Legopolis? Uh, we Legopolis, we have not. We, we haven't done Legopolis. Oh my goodness! No. So much great stuff still to review. I love it actually. It's almost like it's quite nice to keep a few of these back. Just to, yeah, mm-hmm. that's another one I really look forward to doing. Yeah, in fact, there's um Tom's kind of latter part of his era we haven't done much at all really especially series 18 we've only done one story which is the leisure hive oh god yeah, yeah. yeah. um so we haven't done any of like the e-space trilogy stuff and 
and all that. Meg loss. We haven't done Meg loss, no. have we? No. Oh, my word. Some That's real all, treats to come. All to come, yeah. So anyway, I watched Cash Revolver. Like I said, I've no idea why. Didn't plan to do it, but yeah, I, I like Davison. I like uh, I like just uh, cracking on with a bit of Davison now and then. Yeah, yeah. he gets a bit of... Um, Davison's got his fans, the same as every Doctor, but he is one that some, sometimes comes in for a bit of stick for being a bit light and fluffy and overlooked a bit. But I, I grew up with Davison, so I got quite a... I'm quite affectionate mm. towards his era, if you like. And I think the TARDIS team, although a bit crowded, is quite fun. Um, but yeah. so, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I quite like Davidson. I, I know a few people are not into him as Doctor. And Matt, our friend the Hill Addict, is struggling with Davidson. And I said, oh, I hope hopefully at some point <laughs> he'll, he'll click with you sort of thing. Same with McCoy. Matt's not really a fan of McCoy, and I'm, I'm determined to convert him. It will, happen. it will happen. It will happen. It will yeah. So, yeah, same with you, wasn't it? I remember it mm-hmm. took you a while to get into the court, and then suddenly he's like, he's one of your favourite doctors now, isn't he? But yeah, yeah. It takes a while sometimes to get into the sort of those, you know, couple of the doctors. Yeah. yeah. Um, I almost so sorry. I, one more thing. I almost pulled oh, the yeah. trigger on the the Time Lord, uh, Time Lord Victorious comics from Titan as well. Pulled the trigger. Yeah, I almost pre-ordered those. Um, oh. But then I'm tr- I'm trying to rein my myself in with buying single issue comics because i'm just running out of room to to put them so i think i'm going to wait for that and just pick up the graphic novel one or the trade paperback when that's released and just <clears> grab yeah, it as a, collected a, as a collected one yeah 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 well, some of the covers are nice i, I admit I, I was the same i was hovering over them. i'm a bit of a sucker for oh i must get both of those covers they're really good but um mm-hmm. yeah i'm sorry if i'm a bit crazy by the way it's so hot today it's it is absolutely baking yeah. and i'm constantly drinking <clears throat> but as you could probably hear my throat is as dry as a bone <laughs> so sorry if i'm a little bit uh, a little bit uh, croaky um i have um, been stuck at work literally non-stop so i haven't really done anything but my partner very kindly um went out to b&m to try and grab me the second doctor tardis set uh i've lost track of the days must have been last weekend i think because <laughs> the app you see the b&m app you can scan the barcodes because they're online. You can find the barcodes online, you scan them, and the app will say, this store has good availability or currently out of stock. Right. right. So I, I was scanning it every morning before work, so I was saying, oh, God, I'm stuck at work all week. Oh, no, I'm not going to be able to get in before the scalpers. Oh, you know, scanned it, and then one day, I think it was on the Saturday, it came up, good availability. It's like, oh, can you go and get them for me? Because, you know, I'm, I'm going to, oh, they'll, they'll all be taken off the shelf by the time I get there on my day off. Um, and he went in, Looked around, asked the member of staff, he kind of shrugged and said, oh, no, Doctor Who stuff's there. <laughs> and they weren't on the shelf. So, see, the thing is with the app is, is it's a bit, when they get it in the warehouse, it updates and says they've got it in stock. But it doesn't mean that they've got it on the shelf. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, he said, no, oh, they didn't have any. And I was like, oh, no. So I was at work. Following day, I'm at work. I scan the barcode and it's coming up. And I'm like, you know, they, they might have put them on the shelf now. It's, <laughs> we've given them a day because I was seeing the same thing happening to friends of mine. They were like, <clears throat> oh, I went back in the afternoon and they put them out. I was like, oh. So I didn't want to miss it because, you know, all these scalpers go and just fill the trolleys. Our good friend Seb, <clears throat> who listens to the show, had that exact experience. So oh. exactly the same as me, showed up on the app, didn't have it, went back afternoon, they had it. While he was in there, <clears throat> the guy behind him in the queue had got a trolley full of TARDISes. He said he turned around and it oh. just was like, you... Yeah, they're anyway, going to be on eBay, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So to wrap a, a story up anyway, my partner went back the next day, 
I'm stuck at work being all miserable because I'm at work. And I'm like, get a message. I got it. I was like, yes, got one. So I got managed to get the second Dr. TARDIS, which I'm very pleased about. Awesome. That's it's, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a strange, it's, it's odd. It's like it's a really odd color. Um, and it's got like a big chunky lamp on it. I don't know. There's something about it I really like, but it's also really weird. Mm. Can't, I really can't decide on it. It's such a odd variant. I don't know if they're trying to make it look black and white or what, what it's all about, really. But looks good on the shelf anyway. I've actually taken it out of the box and put it on the shelf. It's, um, it's a good one. So that, that pleased me. That's, that's been sort of the best thing to happen, really. I haven't been able to watch anything apart from Tara this week. I've just been non-stop with work, unfortunately. So that's the only Doctor Who thing I've done, but I was quite pleased. Nice. But just to, one last thing on this B&M thing, we were talking a lot about merch in the last couple of pods. And, um, you know, like, I remember that p- picture you posted of Toys R Us with the massive Doctor Who display, the glory years and all that. Um, I mean, nowhere near that, but it was really nice to see someone post a picture on Twitter the other day of a completely stocked B&M shelf. I mean, it was just like, you know, rows and rows of the new sets. And, I'm, you know, I know it's nowhere near back to the glory days but it was lovely to see that because it just looks really good you know not like the picture that my partner sent me of like there was like i think it was like one dalek set and a four tardis set he's like this is what they've got you know but this one just looked it was rammed with the new sets literally um and it was nice to see because we have talked a lot about how merch has just diminished recently which mm-hmm. it has but yeah. it's nice to see at least um that although i shouldn't think it lasts long for someone with a big trolley <laughs> come in and just <laughs> took them all off. <laughs> The good, the good yeah. thing with these sets is that they seem a lot easier to get. So I think the scalpers, have, um, they're probably not having so much fun with these ones, I'm pleased to say, because I, I've seen a lot of people have managed to to get to the shop and, and get these quite easily, whereas with the last couple of sets, um, you know, the scalpers in brackets, in other words, the people that just go and buy them all up and then sell them for inflated prices on eBay. Um, you know, with the previous sets, that they were a lot harder to get, so... Yeah, I think they must have increased the numbers on these. It's been really good to see people actually managing to get them for the retail price, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's nice to see that. Yeah, so that's a, that's a, yeah, that's been me pretty much this week. I haven't really done anything else. Picking up the old figures. Yeah, nice. yeah, I got my other half to thank you. He was like, £20 for this? I was like, this is a bargain. There's some <laughs> 50 quid on eBay. <laughs> uh, the uneducated, eh? <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know. <laughs> I was like yeah I'll give you the money later <laughs> yeah, yeah. that turns into a week to a month to, yeah I'll never see it yeah. <laughs> that's cool dude glad you picked that up yeah I'm happy yeah. with that very happy with that just a nice little treat when I got back from work yeah yeah. waiting for me on the table yeah yeah so that's been us for this week um, before we crack on with the rest of the show in which we have no news to cover as we've said it's very uh uh, barren out there at the minute for new Doctor Who newsy stuff. We've got one piece of merch to talk through, which looks very cool. And then we're on to our review of part four of The Key to Time, which is the androids of Tara. Yeah. I keep calling it Terror for some reason. I've no idea why, but it's Probably Tara. because of that terrible beast. Terrible that beast. <laughs> the androids of Tara. Yes. Before we crack on, though, uh, remember to uh, subscribe to the show in whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on. Just do a search for The Big Blue Box. Or head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can find links there to all of the um, podcast apps and uh, networks and whatnot. We'd love to have you as a subscriber so you don't miss a show when it lands every single Friday. And if you've got a minute to leave a review and a rating, that'd be awesome because that also helps us out a lot over on that stuff. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow over there. 
and uh, we interact with you um, throughout the week. Uh, so it's great to chat with other Doctor Who fans to come and get involved over there. And we've got a free Discord server as well. And there's a link to that on the website. So let's crack on and see what old Grumpy Grumpy Pants has got for merch this week. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Well, there you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet. I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now. Here to help. <laughs> Right. Anyway, merch. A beatbox there, mate. Nice bit of beatbox. <laughs> the old time Lord Victorious. Oh yeah, I'm bored of this already. That no, big... sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that that big arc that's uh, looming over on the horizon. Uh, we have a um, uh, an announcement from Big Finish that this is going to be their final contribution to that story arc, and it's a combination of two stories from two different Doctors. And it's going to appear uh, as a limited edition or exclusive edition um, vinyl LP, which is going to be exclusive to Asda here in the UK. I'm not sure about these overseas in other countries. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll try and find out and see what's going on with these LPs and stuff. But here in the UK, it's exclusive to Asda. And you'll also be able to pick it up on the Big Finish website as a download later on when it's released. Um, and it is a eighth doctor and tenth doctor double story. So Tenant and McGann. And um, it, this one is called Echoes of Extinction. Ooh. And uh, as I said, it's two separate stories um, that, uh, that you don't have to listen to in order, but they do form like a slightly larger narrative that feeds into the Time Lord Victoria stuff. So it's a very cool double side, double A side vinyl. So you don't get two two records in this one. It's just a one record uh, with a story on either side, and it comes in a very nice um, half and half red and blue edition um, vinyl. And uh, the synopsis for this one is the uh, trapped, a haunted monster waits to consume new victims. It needs help. It needs a doctor. Unfortunately, it also needs to kill whoever it meets. Uh, thrust into immediate danger and on the back foot, it will take all of the Doctor's ingenuity to triumph. Two, unlink- two unlinked adventures, two Doctors, one foe. Uh, it's also got a very good cast for these, actually. Um, so along with uh, McGann and Tennant, we have Arthur Darville. Ooh. We have Bern Gorman from, obviously, Torchwood. Uh, Mina Anwar from uh, Sarah Jane. Ooh. And uh, Catherine Drysdale and Paul Clayton. um so a really good cast for these actually very very cool and then uh, we've also got um a bit of blurb from tenant and mcgann themselves so tenant says um uh, he enjoys um telling the the doctor's story from different times uh he says in this one his doctor's slightly lonelier slightly scratchier uh, and doesn't have one of his powers to hold him back uh, you just have to try and make sure you're in the right mindset. So he says the script has been fascinating. I've only got one side of it, but I'm very aware there's more to it. I assume he's referring to McGann's part of it. Um, but there's another doctor on the other side of the disc. So I look forward to putting my LP on so I can listen to all of it. And uh, McGann then goes on to say that he had to read the script through twice and he's still none the wiser. Oh <laughs> he, dear. Said, he said, I'm more confused after the second time than I was the first. 
Is that a good advert for the story? Well, hold on. He goes on to say that uh, it's only while working on it that it all became clear of uh, how it's going to be structured. He said it uh, it goes on to say it really appeals to me, the idea that it's in two parts on two sides of a vinyl. I think it's fun for people listening. Part of the excitement is when the different incarnations meet or nearly meet. So a little teaser there. And uh, writer Alfie Shaw says... um, Director Scott Hancock uh, pulled together an amazing who's who of Doctor Who for the cast. We've got alumni from the series as well as Tortured and Sarah Jane. It's been an honour to create Big Finish's first commission for vinyl story uh, and utterly thrilling to write for both 8th and 10th Doctors. So it's out on the 27th of November this year. And like I said, you'll be able to pick up the digital download from the Big Finish website if you're not up for the vinyl. Uh, And that'll be $8.99. And I think the vinyl... Is 20 quid. Yeah, I don't I think, think they've given the exact price, but it'll, no. it'll be around that, won't it? Yeah, it's got to yeah, be around around 20 quid. So I assume, mate, you're going to be Asda hunting come November. Well, I think <laughs> it looks absolutely gorgeous, but I probably won't. There isn't an Asda near me for miles, oh. and um, I don't think they stock vinyl anyway. Oh. I have terrible trouble getting the Asda vinyls. I think my mate picked one up for me last time. Now I probably won't. I'd love to get this. I think it looks absolutely gorgeous, so especially the vinyl, like half red and half Blue, is it? Or is that purple? Uh, blue. The McGowan one's green and blue. Oh, is it? And mm-hmm. the tenant side of it is purple and red. Looks lovely. Yeah. yeah. So oh, this is one vinyl then with two different covers, is it, or what? Uh, it's a gatefold. So I think oh, on one... Oh, so that's one side and that's the other. Yeah, so I think on the front and the back reverse, I've got the two different ones, but yeah. uh, I think it'll also be one larger image. It looks gorgeous. I mean, like you said, great cast. Uh, the covers are great. The vinyl itself looks brilliant. I'd love to get my hands on one. Um, but uh, this whole Asda exclusive thing really uh, annoys me, to be honest. I get it, but um, no, it, it's, it's not going to be easy for me to obtain, which automatically annoys me uh, because I think it looks like a fantastic release. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe a friend will manage to get one for me like they did last time. I don't know. But yeah, it looks, looks really, really nice. Um, at least there's a download of it, I suppose, for those of us that want to complete this whole Time Lord Victorious multi-format thing, because it's becoming, it's already become quite hard to actually keep track of this, I think. But um, I know a lot of people are kicking off that Big Finish aren't doing a CD version of it, but apparently they can't. The whole thing was that Damon Records, or whatever they're called, who commissioned this, made a deal with Asda and Big Finish that it would be download on Big Finish vinyl to asda so that's just the way it is which is again slightly frustrating but hey at least we can get the download even if i can't pick up the vinyl but so yeah it looks lovely looks really really does look good i like the look of it it does indeedy yeah uh, and like we said if all else fails we can still listen to it from the uh the big finish site so that's right that's all good uh rightio uh no more merch no more news um i didn't want to go too too far down the rabbit hole with old Dalek Tap because he's, I, I just can't, I can't at the minute. He's, I think it's the heat, you know, it's he's a bit like, to him. yeah, it's like he must be feeling like a boil in the bag kind of thing at the minute. <laughs> so, um, don't yeah. let me, you say that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but he does bring in some cool stuff, which is nice, but yeah, having to deal with him is another story. But anyway, that's news and merch done. Uh, mm. review time, dude, what we got? Yeah, so we're on to the next segment of the key to time. This time it's uh, the Androids of Tara. Have you arrived? Oh, good. Where? Tara. We've got to find the fourth segment. Tomorrow, at the appropriate hour, I am to be crowned king, if I get there. Why? What's to stop you? 
Count Grendel of Grant. He'll kill me if he needs to. You traitor. What? Traitor. Doctor, the prince has gone. What? Where? Vanished. He's been kidnapped. In order to be crowned king, the prince must present himself in the coronation room at a specific time, right? Correct. Then you take it to the coronation room and get it crowned. While he's ruling the country, you two can find the real prince. Clanging of swords. Yeah. Big old sword fight in this one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that, yeah. So, The Androids of oh. Tara, part four in the key to time. It was first broadcast back in the uh, the end of November, December, uh, blah, blah, blah. the end of November through to the middle of December in 1978. It was written by David Fisher, directed by Michael Hayes, and stars, uh, obviously, Tom Baker, Mary Tam, and John Leeson, which we've had consistently since the start of the key to time, and yeah. about half a dozen uh, supporting uh, cast members and the story for this one is um finding the fourth segment to the key to time was simple enough but holding on to it may be a slightly different um, matter the fourth doctor and romana find themselves embroiled in a political uh in the political games of the planet tara uh, where doubles android or otherwise complicate the coronation of prince reynard so it's all kicking off basically on tara we have old Prince Reynard, who seems to be next in line for the throne. But there's this very, um, uh, very, very thin rule that if he misses his time slot, <laughs> it can go to just another person who gets uh, supposedly picked um, instead. Uh, in- instead, um, so that's a very. Uh, that's a very weak foundation to build your law on on a planet that if you just if you're a few minutes late you could potentially oh, okay. miss your uh, your thing. Can you imagine me, Matt? You know how bad my timekeeping is. I'd, I would never be. Kidding. You would be like you would <laughs> never. <laughs> I'd never make it. I'd probably get. No. Yeah, I'd be there the day after, probably. No, oh, you wouldn't have a chance, dear. mate. No. Um, so yeah, there's another dude that's involved. Uh, he is Count uh, Count Grendel. And he's got his eye on the throne. So what he's done, he's kidnapped the the prince. But unbeknownst to him, they created a, a doppelganger, an android of the prince. And the as the doctor sort of goes into the story, he decides that, yeah, he's going to help these dudes out. So he sort of fixes the android and their plan is, we'll just put the android, make him turn up on time. We'll put him in the throne room. He can get crowned. Coronation's all done and dusted. And then they can go off and rescue the real prince and then... Nobody's any the wiser, but it doesn't they're, quite work out like that. They're blooming good, very lifelike, these androids, aren't they? They're very, very good, yeah. Amazing how quickly they put these together. Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. The old, uh, the old golf balls as eyes and all sorts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, yeah, mate. Androids of Tara, what are you saying on this one? Oh, oh I no. don't know. I re- this is a, I mean, it's ludicrous. And in many ways, I think it's pretty bad. But <laughs> I also kind of enjoyed it. I, I don't know. I don't, wouldn't even put it as a guilty pleasure. It's um, I don't know. It's kind of fun. But it's 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 all the way through. I was thinking this is just kind of crackers, you know. <laughs> um, there's a hell of a lot of padding in it, but it's kind <laughs> of enjoyable padding for the most part. So 
yeah, it's a strange one. This I think in many ways it's 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 a not a particularly great um, story, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy watching it. So okay. I'm sort okay. of putting it in that category of one of those, if you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not a brain of Morbius or something that I'm going to say. Oh, that is a that is a gem. That is a classic. Uh, Andrew Zatara. It's going to be one of those where I'd put it on just for an easy watch. Right. But yep. um, yeah. I don't know. It, like there are so many elements to it that really shouldn't work, but they are kind of done in a fun way. Like I mean, like the androids, for example, they're just magically here. He is. Look, we've we've made a we've made another one, and it looks exactly <laughs> like the princess, whatever her name is. And you think, well, hang on, how where, where did you? Where is this factory that you're churning out these exact? Rep- you know, it, it it is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't know. The cast hold it together as well. I think the cast are quite quite good in it um i'm gonna sum it up by saying there's a charm to this story Mm, it's far from great but there is a charm to it that makes it fairly watchable i thought so yeah i I quite enjoyed it in some ways but it's not it's not a classic um it's probably my least favorite so far from the key to time but i still liked it okay right your least favorite so far so far yeah because i've not really a massive fan of the Keith Time era, but I have been enjoying our little trip through this more than I thought I would. So I quite enjoyed it up to this point. Um, but yes, yeah, I think out of the ones we reviewed so far, it's probably my least favorite. Okay. But I still yeah. liked it. Right. Yeah. So that's where I am. A little bit, a little bit on the fence on this one. A little bit. What yeah. about you? Um, yeah. All the way, all the way through, I get thinking, Gary, you'll either be just rolling his, Oh, it's all. It'll just be cracking up at this. Uh, I I agree with you for the most part, dude. I think yeah. it's um I think it's got a certain charm about it. Yeah, and it it's got a certain quiet charm as well. I think is the best way to put it, because not a lot really happens. No, is the best way to to sum it up. I think it's um the thin storyline, isn't it? It's yeah, very thin. Yeah, very thin. Um, if it wasn't for a couple of amusing supporting actors, it would have been really boring as well. Yes. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, definitely. So for a four-parter, I'm really struggling to pull out some real big moments that happen in each part. It it kind of feels like um remember in the past we've we've described stories as like they just simmer. They just simmer yeah, along yeah. and they don't yeah. really build up to much. It's kind of like that in a way because there's no uh I'm I'm not sure if it's intentional if they just wanted to have a nice simple straightforward script and story for this one. But uh every every everything is is predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is expected and it all kind of wraps up as you would expect us, you know. It's um so yeah, it's having said that though, like you said, it's it's not really a terrible watch though. No. Like afterwards I didn't think wow, that's like that's like just under two hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. And I'm, you know, miffed about that. I was like, okay, okay. That was, that was, that was all right. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be too miffed about it. So yeah, it's an interesting one, this one. And like you said, it, it's got a fair amount of padding in it. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. In fact, in every episode, there's a bit of padding in there, but it's not like I picked up my phone a lot. I did a couple of times, but I didn't pick up my phone a lot, but, yeah, so and it's an interesting one. It's not amazing and it's not terrible, but it should be terrible, but it's not. Yeah. It, it's, it, 
I think the direction is a bit lackluster in it. I, I think if um, I think the direction could have been a bit better. There are some shots in it that seem to like. There's a lot of shots of of um, Romana on the back of the horse in the episode one, and they just shot. You know, it's one five second shot of her going past a tree, and then another <laughs> five second shot of them going past another tree, and and then they finally see the castle, and then we have a shot of them. Mm. You know, the horse going away from the tree, and it's like, for goodness sake, it, it does feel a little bit laboured in places. And I, I think a lot of that is the direction could have been tightened up and the edited a little bit. There's one shot, I think, of K9 where he comes out of the grass. And I was thinking, is something else going to happen? Because there was like a two second shot of just the grass after he'd vanished. Thinking, well, that should have been cut as soon as he'd come out of the grass. You know, there's, there's, there's definitely bits where it could have been tightened up and it would have been all the better for it. Um, but I guess that's a product of, of the time. But but yeah, the padding, like you said, the, the storyline itself, very, very simple, very thin, um, but it's enough to be interesting. Mm. Um, but the padding, it's, it's, most of it's quite charming, so I, I'll, I'll let them off because, you know, there's a scene at the start where the Doctor's playing chess with K9, <laughs> and it goes on for about five minutes. Five it's minutes, like yeah. the first five minutes of the episode, and then he goes in, in, in the TARDIS wardrobe, and we see a TARDIS cupboard as well, has come out of nowhere. So absolutely pointless scenes of him getting the fishing rod out and stuff and playing chess with K9. Pointless, but fun. And, and just, I don't know. So that's what I mean. Padding all over the place, but quite enjoyable padding. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what saves it. Is that they're nice moments, although they don't really have any consequence to the story. It wouldn't matter if those scenes were there or not. It, it does, um, they're nice little moments. And uh, and the cast seem to be sort of quite enjoying it, um, which I think helps. Like there's some fun moments between the Doctor and old uh, Count. What's his name with the big nose? You know, there's some good bits between them. Yeah. Um, Tom's quite fun in it as well as always. It, it makes a difference if he's sort of into it. So he seems to be quite into this one. He is actually. Um, yeah. 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 So yeah, but it's it's it is odd, isn't it? Because it's not. It, this is the thing with the whole key to time season. Is I think. There's a tone to it, a sort of slightly comical, slightly theatrical tone through a lot of the stories. I think we said the same with uh, Rybos or Rebos Operation. Sort of got that almost like you're watching a play, um, mm-hmm. if you like, in terms of performances. But they're not so they're not quite so exaggerated in this one. Yeah, um, no, really. But yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a strange one. It the is. cliffhangers yeah. are weird as well. I mean, I think that some of the we've said this a lot actually during Keith's time. The cliffhangers have not been great in the Keats time, and they're certainly not great in this one. But there is one that was a bit shocking, which is where the Doctor's belts Romana or Princess what's name over the head and it ends <laughs> like, with a, I don't know what he's got, like a fire poker or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just like, come out of nowhere. And I was like, what the hell was that cliffhanger? I just thought it was interesting, considering in the last story, Stones of Blood, Tom refused to do that scene where he pushed Romana over the cliff. Oh, yeah. As a hologram. Yeah. He refused to do that, but he's quite happy to pulp her head in with Smash, a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought, okay. Um, but that was, a, that was a, a slightly more interesting cliffhanger. But the other one's dreadful, when he just goes, oh, no, the Count's got Romano. Just, just see the golf on a horse, it ends. And I was like, what the... What? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was terrible. I know, mate, yeah. I think it's... Um, I think David Again, Fisher, with the script, I think the concept was fairly basic to begin with like yeah. i said there's nothing crazy going on in this one but then when it comes to translating that to for 
22, 23 minutes worth of screen time, you can, it's obvious, isn't it, that they just didn't have enough because uh, we mentioned the sword fight scene that seems to go on forever. Oh. Um, but then there are scenes where thing like, I, I'm assuming meant to be exposition shots where you have like these camera angles where you just see things happening. There's no one talking. It's just, you know, they're moving from A to B or something like that. And they just take a long time to do that stuff. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird, but it's so strange. The sword fights, sorry, the sword fights theme in particular did stand out as a, as a low point. That should have been sort of a high point as well. That should have been a good climatic end to the story. But that was, um, I, for me, there's two things that, that, that ruined that scene. Um, it, it goes on too long, as mm-hmm. you said, but the direction is, is poor. Mm. Um, yeah. And the way it's shot, I mean. I mean, you've got them fighting in the castle. It should have been really exciting, but it's just like... It's a bit like a fight scene. Whenever you get a fight scene in classic Doctor Who... You know, or a sword fight scene. It's always very stilted and staged. It just, it should never be allowed to go on that long because it just doesn't work. And and the other odd thing is, is they don't. There's no music to accompany it until about the last minute. So it feels like I was thinking, have they forgotten to put the audio track on? Because <laughs> all you've got is two actors vaguely touching swords. It's like you know, really poorly done. And you, but you need some music to add some drama to it because otherwise all you've got is two actors who are doing some very rehearsed, I'll go left, you go right, left, right. You know what I mean? It's so stilted um, that without music, it makes it feel even longer than, than it actually is. So because of that, I think, yeah, I, I, I put it down to the direction and the, uh, you know, and the production, really. It needed something to really bring that scene alive because look at the sword fight between Pertwee and the master in the Sea Devils, that's a great, it's, it's fantastic. It totally works. You know, you believe it. You think, oh, these two, this is, what a great scene. But the sword fight between the Doctor and the Cow, I mean, gosh, just <laughs> get thinking, what is going on here? But it, I think if it just had a bit of music over it, it would have made it a little bit more exciting, maybe. Yeah, but it's just, yeah. just quiet. It's just studio noise. There's nothing, there's nothing to bring that scene alive at all. Um, so it feels really long. When did that scene? Yeah. And it also, it feels a bit like a Scooby-Doo cartoon as well. There's, there's like stuff happening and then it cuts back to the doctor fencing oh, off, you know, shots and, yeah. and then yeah. it goes off and does something else. And then you can just hear the clanking of swords and then it goes back and they're doing it again and it goes back and forth, back and forth. And in the end you think, Christ, somebody just, you know, take end the this. final blow and just, yeah. And just well, do he it. jumps off a wall in the end, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that bit. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. It, yeah, it's a shame, actually, that that scene doesn't work. It's, I just find it really odd there's no music or, or anything to give it some sort of dramatic tension because you get reaction shots which are really over the top. It's like, right, now look now look scared and can we have a wide open mouth, please? You know, you can tell, you can always feel like the director behind the screen, camera. Mm. But there's no there's no tension to it at all. Not really. And it's, it's mm. weird, really, because Michael Hayes... Uh, it's not like he's he, he's a talented director because he went on to do City of Death a year later, yeah. which is a really good and that's directed really well. Yeah, it's lovely. It's yeah. a, you know, so I don't know. It just doesn't seem to have, in terms of direction, it doesn't seem to have any spice to um, no flair any of the scenes or anything. So it's quite static for a lot of it and, and quite long. But I think that is a combination of the script and the direction. I think the there's just not enough 
meat on the bones with the script. Because it would have been great, I assume, to have it the other way around, where they're like, you know, we're going to have to chop, you know, chop some stuff out of this. It's just it's too much. So we can do this and we do that. I think it was the opposite with that. I was like, well, there's n- there's literally nothing in the script. So we're going to have to uh, like elongate this bit of the scene. We're going to have to stretch that bit out because nobody says anything. There's no story. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's, it's a weird, it is a weird one. Having said that, there is a couple of scenes that do look pretty good. Um, so the whole, you know, the whole throne room thing, like the sets, you know, the set for the throne room stuff look pretty sweet. Yeah. And there's also um, when they did some of the external shots with like the horse riding and stuff and when Tom's down by the lake and stuff, it's all got that old, nice kind of uh, English countryside kind of thing going on. So it's nice that there's a few location shots thrown in there. I, I love it. I don't know what it is, but I love it when Doctor Who goes to a castle. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this was Leeds Castle, wasn't it, uh, where they filmed this? Um They've added a few, they've done like a matte painting shot as well, haven't they? So they've added a few turrets. So if anyone goes to Leeds Castle and thinks, well, this doesn't look right. Um, I think they added a few bits to it. It looks good. Uh, I have to say, you wouldn't probably wouldn't know particularly that it's um, had some early, it's sort of an early version of CGI really, isn't it? They've just added a few bits on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's lovely. I always love it when we get Dot 2 on location and especially in a setting like this. Yes. Uh, I think it yep. brings, it adds something to it rather than being all studio bound. They, I think they just about got away with it in Reboss. But, um, but yeah, I think if this had been all studio, I think this probably would have struggled a bit for me personally. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. these locations, just to add a little, something a bit more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Talking of Leeds Castle, where they filmed this, um, there's a few times where um, uh, Terry Walsh, you know, the stuntman for Tom, yeah. uh, fell in the moat a few times. <laughs> I bet. I'm assuming he did With, the dive. Yes. Yeah. The There's a few yeah. times where he fell in and that delayed stuff. So it wasn't yeah. all plain sailing though. The um the castle was they they had to delay it twice, I think, filming at the castle because um the castle had been booked out for a high security Middle East peace conference, apparently. Ooh. Yeah. So it would have been weird to have classic Doctor Who people roaming around with their yeah. face missing and so on. That would have been yeah. A bit crazy. Yeah. Uh, what did you think to the various roles that Mary Tam had to play? Because she's playing um, four different roles, basically, isn't she? She's playing Romana, obviously. Yeah. But then she's also playing Princess What's-Her-Face. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember the princess, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Princess. Um, uh, she has got a name, definitely. That Strella, is it? Is it Strella? Estrella, something like that anyway yes princess strella yeah so she's playing romana princess strella and then she's also obviously playing their doubles as androids as well yeah so she had a bit to do in this one more than tom i would say um but one thing that i like about mary tam and i think we mentioned this in the last one or the one before but she often get overlooks as romana yeah but i would say that throughout the key to time arc so far at least she's actually been really good don't know about you. No, I absolutely feel the same. I'm I'm loving her as Romana. Um, there's another great scene now. What is it when she's? Is it right at the end where she's just hovering over the Doctor and he's because he's getting it all wrong again? I just <laughs> I love this thing of her just 
just sort of constantly being in the background, like just waiting for the doctor to see if he knows how to do something and him being put under pressure. It's great. Um, yeah, I love this, this whole relationship between um, the doctor and Marner. I think it's, uh, I think it's, I'm going to say charming. I think it works really, really well. And I, I really like her. I think she's great. She's, um, I think they, they don't make much of this whole Romana Princess Strella thing. It's just kind of said, oh, you look almost the same. And there's one scene at the end where they get to meet. But apart from that, we don't really get much Princess Strella. It does, it, to me, it struck me as an odd thing to include. But um, yeah. if you know what I mean, I was like, what was, the, what was the whole point of that? Apart from the fact that she sort of doubles as the android and all that. But um, yeah, so, it, but it's nice. It's nice to get to see her do some of that that sort of doppelganger stuff. Yeah. Um, it works quite well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but I, th- I just thought her performance was, was pretty good. Like you said, I love the chemistry between, between her and, and Tom. Uh, yes. And this, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think what is the bit at the end? So there's the bit with the chess at the beginning where she sort of comes in and says, Oh, you can win in 11 moves. He's like 11. And you know, she's worked it out within seconds. That was funny. But then there's a bit at the end, I think. Is it where he's putting the key together? Or I don't know. There's another scene where she's just, he's yeah. trying to work it out and you can, you, can, you can sense that she stood over <laughs> him behind her. And I just love all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think he falls her though, doesn't he? He trips her up a bit because it, when they walk into the room at the end, he quickly picks it up and puts it in his pocket and then... Oh, that was nice. Yeah, yeah falls her. Nice. He's like, we'll use the detector thing then, the wand. Yeah. So she's looking around and then she finally realizes that it's in his pocket. He's and... got it all the time. And then I see with K9 at the end. Where's K9? Oh, yes. Forgot about him. Forgot about he's, him. In the, he's in the boat. <laughs> I thought that was like, that's what I mean. Little moments like that really yeah. help to bring this story up, I think, from being quite an average story to just being a fun watch. It's just lovely little moments like, like those, really. But Bants. yeah, really. Yeah. Bants. Bants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some other cask. Um, performances and I, there were two that i found to be pretty pretty funny and quite entertaining the first one was obviously count grendor who was played by peter jeffrey yeah we've seen fun. this so many times in classic who where we just have this kind of over the top borderline pompous kind of performance but i think in stories like this you need someone like this otherwise it does work it yeah. does doesn't it yeah it does work in this one i thought i i must admit i genuinely thought he was wearing a fake nose um, at the start, <laughs> I genuinely did. It was anywhere we did a close-up. I was thinking, is that his actual nose? Because um, it really suits the character. The whole his whole look is just perfect for that role. Yeah, uh, if you know is. what I mean. No, I thought he was really good fun in it. He's a uh, yeah, a little bit pantomime villain, but it, it totally suits the story. So I, I enjoyed his performance. This I do like the scenes with him and Tom as well. There's not that many actually, but when you get the two together, they're they're quite good fun. Uh, the, the, his, you know the character's irritation with the doctor just constantly ruining his <laughs> dastardly plot yeah. you know it's really fun to watch yeah. yeah it's um it's funny the first time we see it so when they walk into the throne room he's full of beans he's about to be crowned yeah his plan's about to come off he walks in and sees him and his face just drains of color and he's not in the mood for any more bants and he's you know the, He's just sort of frozen, really, because the the old dude, I think he's like some kind of minister or something. He's like, are you going to kneel then? Uh, all right. And that's it. And he's in a bad mood. He's in a real crotchety mood, isn't he? For the yeah. bulk of the story. He's very cool. But uh, who was that? Yeah, Peter Jeffrey uh, played the pilot, the um, the, uh, the the colony pilot in the Macro Terror as well. Oh, did he? All right. Yeah, so he had a bit of Who experience. 
So he was pretty cool. And then I also liked the the young chap with the electrified sword who burns oh, a bit of Tom's scarf off. And he, <laughs> that bit where he burns his scarf. I yeah. thought he cut all the way through it. But it's just a little piece, isn't it, that comes off. And Well, it's, it cracks the other way Tom chases after him. So he was this little bit of scarf in his hand. Uh, again, a really nice little moment, that. Yeah, yeah, he was quite good fun, wasn't he? Hmm. So that was Zadek, I think. Zadek. Uh, was it Zadek yeah. or Farah? One of them, because there was an old, an old gentleman, uh, and then there was a young, uh, a young, a young guy who's very sword happy. He seems to be always whipping his sword out, like every scene he's in. Yeah, and there was quite, there was a, quite a few times where uh, the older gentleman or the doctor was kept saying, "No, no, 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 everything is like calm down. Everything's all right. You don't need to." You know, now's not the time for swordplay. It's all good. Well, K9 gets stuck in as well, doesn't he, at one point when he when he gets his sword out. <laughs> yeah. He gives him a good blast. Yeah. We've seen a, a bit of action from K9 this series, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. He's um, It's as if they've thought, we can't keep just leaving him in the TARDIS. We've got to bring him into the story. You know, kids love him. Let's get him in. Um, and I'm all for that. I think they've, they've used him quite well in the last couple of stories. Mm. Um. Yeah, no, he's good in this one, isn't he? Like I said, really funny little scene at the end and some nice moments when he's, you know, shooting the guy with a sword and that. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good stuff. There's also a bit, I, I almost felt Tom's frustration in the studio where K, they're trapped in that hut and K-9's cutting the, sort of, you know, an escape hole for them to get through. <laughs> and you can just see it's taking forever for it to burn mm-hmm. the line. And Tom just gets fed up at the end and he just smashes it out the way. He, he obviously couldn't wait any longer. It's like, oh, let's just get the scene over with. <laughs> Can I just imagine him in the studio? Yeah, that is fun. There yeah. was some, actually, um, K9's been both funny and just quite action-packed throughout the key mm. of time. It's really cool to see, actually, especially in the last one, The Stones of Blood. He was he was uh, opening several cans of whoop-ass throughout the story <laughs> yeah. to the point where it drained his batteries. <laughs> so he's been cool. I noticed you brought up the, the, the affection between the Dr. K-9 seems to have um, increased in this series. And I, I noticed that a lot in this one as well. There's a bit more, the Doctor's a bit more affectionate towards K-9, isn't he, in this series? Yes. Not so much of yeah. the sort of, um, you know, come on, not, he's not so aggressive with K-9. There is a little bit of, uh, yeah, there's a nice affection between the two. Yes. Uh, the old guy, actually. The old dude who's who's doing the um, he's meant to be doing the coronation, the ceremony, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy, um, who's a fairly old gentleman at, at the time, I think he's been in plenty of Doctor Who before. Has he? Let me have a look. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure. I recognize him. I think his name is uh, Cyril Shapps. Oh, I think that's the actor's name, Cyril Shapps. Um, let me have. Oh, yeah, him. He, he has. Yeah. So he's been in um, uh, Tomb of the Cybermen. I didn't recognise him. Yeah, now I see the yeah. picture. Tomb of the Cybermen, The Ambassadors of Death, Planet of the Spiders, and Android of Tara. Yeah, I didn't realise that was him. I can Now I see the picture of him from Tomb. Hmm. I can sort of see the... Yeah, yeah, I didn't pick up that was him at all, actually. Yeah, yeah. rocking and rolling. Yeah, some good stories to be yeah. in as well. Though. Yeah, you're right, Cyril. Yeah, I'm hoping this is the right person. So... Uh, I've not had up much to do the last year or so. I've heard Doctor Who's in production again. <laughs> I just want to let you know I'm free at the minute. And don't worry about all it is, right? I'm sitting around 
but just don't worry because I've got some experience on the show. Yeah, whatever, mate. We'll come back to you. <laughs> uh, this guy's falling through. We might have to call that Cyril chap. Yeah, get him in. Uh, just think he worked with, say he would have worked with Pat, uh, John, and then Tom. Yeah, he's been around. I wonder, what, wonder which one he preferred working with. Yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's a, well, bloody hell, that's a question. Pat, Tom, or um, John. John. Yeah, bloody hell. Hmm. I don't want to answer that. What, 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 nah? What an accolade, though, to have worked for three doctors. Yeah. I'm going to say John really? for some reason. Yeah. I think, although Tom was in good spirits on this one, it looks like he still might be a, might have been yeah, a little bit snappy. Know. Yeah, he might have had an off day where he's a bit snappy. I think maybe, yeah, maybe Pat. Pat or John, I would say. Yeah. Because yeah. he's knocking on at this point, isn't he? Maybe when he was doing the other ones with Pat and John, they was down the pub quite a lot. Whereas this mm-hmm. one with, with Tom, he's like, oh, this gentleman's a bit rude, isn't he? Talking of um, actors that have been in other things, am I right in saying that the Jabba the Hutt is in this story? <laughs> As in the actor that played Jabba the Hutt in A New Hope but then got cut out and replaced with a CGI creature. Um, the guy, you know the guy who's sort of like the Hunchback of Notre Dame character? Oh, that guy. <laughs> Isn't that the Jabba the Hutt guy? Or I was going to come on to him. Yeah, he was... Um... What the bloody hell was all that about? <laughs> that was Declan Mulholland. <laughs> that that scene, when that when that scene came on, I was like, "What the bloody hell was all this?" <laughs> it kind of turns into a bit like a Carry On film. Yeah, because this guy, the way he's the way he's playing it, it's almost like he's waiting for the audience laughter. And when he's heard the laughter and then he can carry on with his lines, he's always he's doing this like weird face and this weird voice and he sort of pauses after his lines. Oh, tough crowd, tough crowd. Right, let's carry on. <laughs> and you can see Tom, he's not even reacting. Tom's just standing there <laughs> like, okay, this is this is weird. It, it was a really weird scene with that guy. Yeah, was I he know, Jabba the like, Hutt? Yes, it's the, the, uh, Declan Mulholland. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Because I was worried when I, when I saw in the production notes he was Jabba. I suddenly had a, a, a heart stop moment because I thought, hang on, we haven't reviewed the story, have we? Because I remember we've spoke about this before where I've said to you, he was Jabba the Hutt, the actor. And I'm thinking, so what story was that? But he was also in The Sea Devils. So we must have reviewed that. So we sort uh, we of had have, this yeah. conversation yeah. before and I was getting a bit worried. I was thinking, was he in two Doctor Who's? But yes, he was the famously deleted original Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So listeners that aren't aware. This, we're not talking about the guy that sat in the Jabba the Hutt costume working. No. So there was a scene that they filmed as just a normal human being playing Jabba. They, they confronted Han, didn't they, outside the Millennium Falcon? And, right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, yeah, interesting. Cool. But yeah, what a weird scene, man. What a weird scene that was. Weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, music wise, kind Actually, of minimal again from Dudley. There's a couple of moments, but. Yeah, yeah, it's actually now I normally love Dudley's music, as you know. I don't know why. I didn't particularly I didn't dislike it in this, but it didn't do anything for me in this one, Dudley's music. I don't know why. It I just there were certain music cues which I just thought seemed a bit I don't know. Yeah, like he was wasn't weird. really into it. <laughs> or he he just sort of was what's the word? Going through the motions a bit in this one, I felt. 
didn't really sort of suit the story that well. I don't know, I, nothing wrong with it, but I just didn't think, you know, like City of Death, you hear the music, you think, oh, I love this. Da, 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 da. There was nothing <laughs> in this that I particularly liked from mm. Dudley. Nothing I didn't like, but you know what I'm saying. Just know, a bit yeah. run of the mill from Dudley in this one. I felt like he was just, ah, let's put a few flutes on there and <laughs> yeah, let's have an O-back coming and that's, that'll do. I don't know, it just didn't, yeah. Sorry, excuse me, awful. He was Australian, wasn't he? Yeah. No, no, I read you. I read you. It's, yeah. um, there was a couple of moments where there was a bit of music lasted, I don't know, five, six seconds. But then the yeah. rest of it is just very, very minimal, like hardly was anything, he, to be honest. Was he on holiday when they did the, the sword scene? <laughs> so, Dudley, that, we need a bit of music for this fight scene. Oh, I'll get it to you later. Opening a tinny. No, <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> No, I don't know. It needed. It just, yeah, it was a little bit, yeah, yeah it was a I bit lackluster. Yes, and um, we've, we've mentioned this a couple of times throughout the key to time, haven't we? Where he's, I normally uh, love Dudley. Sorry, it sounds yeah. like I'm being harsh. I love Dudley's music, but yeah. Oh yeah, we both do. Yeah, normally his stuff is is cracking, but for some yeah. reason on that, yeah, it just a bit lackluster through the key to time. Maybe that was. I say maybe that has to be intentional. I think the. Uh, you know, nobody sort of accidentally falls and trips over into working on Doctor Who yeah. on this stuff. So, yeah, completely intentional, I would say. Sammy's going to be going mad over my accent. Sammy will be, yeah. Sorry, Sammy, yeah. I can already feel your wrath yeah. coming for me. <laughs> uh, right, anything else to say on... Oh, sorry, the, the character of Prince Raynaud obviously had a pretty big part, Neville Jason. Oh, yeah. What do you think to him? I thought he was all right, actually. Uh, again, he, he has to give a slightly... Pantomime's not the best word, but you know what I mean. Um, he has to sort of get the performance level right without being too over the top. And I, I thought he was okay. I thought he, he looked like he was taking it seriously. He kind of suited the look of the role, same as um, Count Grenville. So, yeah, I thought it was quite good. The um, the robot bit's quite funny as well when he's got to play both parts because they haven't quite lined up the shot, have they? So they're... The robot walks out the room and they do a bow to each other, but it's yeah. looking in yeah. the wrong direction. But it's, yeah. it's not really his fault. Uh, yeah. No, I thought he's, he was all right. I thought he was quite good as a character. Mm. Yeah, very, very good. Um, sort of classically trained actor. Yeah, you yeah. can tell he's got that. Yeah, that kind of classic um, uh, theatre kind of um, vibe about him. Neville Jason. Oh, he passed away a few years ago, sadly. Oh, did he? Yeah, but he was, uh, he was pretty good in his character, though. Um, he had a kind of, to me anyway, kind of had a combination of um, kind of taking it 90% seriously, but there was kind of a little 10% that was a little bit like, yeah, let's ham this up just a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. And uh, he played a very, very good ill person, though. I think when he was trapped in the dungeon, he had flu or something or he was whatever. But It's funny you yeah. say that because it did actually, you know when someone's ill and you think, Ugh, he did actually yeah. play a good ill person. Yeah. I know I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else on this one, dude? Not particularly. No, just one last little thing was that I, I liked the fact they got the key out the way early because, um, it just made it a little bit different rather than trying to find the key all the way through the story or, you know, mm. I just like the fact that they literally in the first sort of 10 minutes, she goes up, oh, there it is. I've got it. But then it obviously gets taken off of her. And, yeah. but then, you know, it's kind of done and dust they kind of get on with the rest of the story without it being a major plot point. So I, I liked that. And um, just lastly, I did like the 
assistant lady in terms of her performance. I thought she was quite evil, but but without being over the top. Um, the Lamia. woman who was doing all the Lamia. What was her name? Uh, character name was Lamia, but she was played by uh, uh, Lois Baxter. Yeah, I yeah. I just liked her performance because I didn't think thought she was quite menacing but quite subdued as well she didn't go over the top with you you just got the feeling she was a bit unhinged yes um so i in terms of you know i I just thought she was quite a good villain if you can even class as that so i liked her performance um and i thought um the look of her as well with this funny little thing on her face it just yeah i just thought it was a good character quite quite unnerving you were never quite sure what she might do or not do um i think they could have played up a bit more the fact that she was jealous because uh, she clearly liked the old Count, didn't she? And there was a couple of moments where she was getting jealous that the Count hadn't given her some attention. So could have built that up a bit more. But, but she was good. I liked her. Just was never quite sure what she was going to do. You know, was she going to rip <laughs> Romana's arm off? Or, you know, there's, there's a few bits that were a bit sinister. Yeah. Yeah, she was good to like the little, little um, inclusion of the, she was obviously in love with the Count. Yeah. And that face walking around on his nose. <laughs> so, she, yeah, she was up for um, being with the Count ultimately. But I think she, the way that she played the character, and I think um, Romana does say to her, look, look, it's never going to happen, love. It's never going to yeah, happen, yeah. It's never going to happen, he, yeah. He does say a mildly rude line, doesn't he? Something about, oh, I showed her an yeah, indiscretion yeah. once. And I thought, yeah. gosh, that's a bit close to the knuckle. Holy crap, yeah, I've got that in my notes, actually, yeah. So, um, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. Um, a one night stand later, she's got yeah. her hopes up, and he's like, "Oh, that was a one time thing, love. Don't get too excited." Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> "Yes, I, 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 yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. Yeah, it's pretty clear what he's getting at." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil. Yeah, Lois Baxter. Yeah, she's pretty good actually. Yes, I liked her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, scores. I think it's me to go first. You go first. Uh, I'm going to give this a six point five. Oh. I'm close. I'm giving it a six. A six. Okay, cool. Six. Yeah. Why did I give it a six point five and not a six? What's that point five for? What I think that? it was for um, uh, just that what we spoke about at the very beginning. It's just got like a kind of nice charm to it that's not offensive in any way. It's not like intentionally, um, uh, padding. It's just like yeah, we just want to have like a fairly steady, steadily paced. Uh, story which is quite cool and then the six obviously because it's not a terrible watch it's it's fairly okay but it's not going to set the world on fire for sort of amazing classic who moments so yeah yeah uh, and a six from you a six yeah like you said there's no there's no real standout moment for me in the story but it was yeah it's just an enjoyable little watch um so a six yeah yes. cool uh Right, um, let's see what our awesome listeners thought. We had a few audio clips in. The first one is from Mr. Joe Turner. For me, The Androids of Tara is a really, really good episode. I think it significantly helped by its set locations of Leeds Castle and its guns in Kent. It gave me a real fairy tale vibe, whilst giving it a sense of tranquility, contrasting the actual chaotic events unfolding with the Count and the Prince soon to be king. Tom is on absolute fire in this episode, from his hilarious lines such as blame Romana for casting a shadow over his fish. But also, he pulls off the action stuff really, really well. For example, when fighting with Count Grendel. It gave me Series 2 tenant vibes when he fights with the Sycorax on Christmas Day. I didn't like the guy who was carrying out all the ceremonies, however, as quite frankly, he was very gullible, believing everything the Count said. 
Although K9 had an adorable relationship with Tom, once again in this episode, his shooty laser boss Count Grendel's guards, and he was cracking me up, especially at the end when he was spinning about in that desolate water on the boat. Romana didn't really do much for me in this episode. Not down to Mary Town's performance, just probably the writing. She spent most of her time escaping, being caught, and trying to work a horse, but oh well. And overall, I'd give this episode an 8.5 out of 10. Thank you. 8.5. <laughs> Sorry, quick wrap up. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank, you very much. Yeah. thank you very much, Joe. An 8.5. Ah, Pretty decent stuff. score for that. Yeah, thank you very much, yeah. buddy. Uh, from Down Under and soon to kick Adam's ass over his impression, <laughs> it's Sammy Tadeen. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satin here. So the androids of Tara, Mary Tam wearing purple and sparkly purple in one instance too. I love it. Purple is my favourite colour. Speaking of Mary, props to her for playing three different characters. I like the sword fight and that it was all filmed in one spot, Leeds Castle. I can totally see Adam going there if he hasn't already. I enjoyed it. It's a fun story. I give it seven purple hats out of ten. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Keep washing your hands. See ya. A seven. A seven. Cheers, Sammy. And you're quite right. I have been there. <laughs> many, many years ago, I did go there. Um, but bizarrely, I got confused because I thought I thought it was used as a location in um. I think I thought it was from the Time Warrior. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is probably where John Pertwee <laughs> stood. I, I got the wrong story, but I have been there. Yeah. It was only like weeks later that I realised it was the Android Tower or not. <laughs> we love uh, a good I, castle on the podcast. I haven't done my research when I went there, but yes, I have been. Don't we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love a good castle, yeah. Love a castle. Yeah, what, yeah. Love a castle. Uh, lastly, on the audio reviews, this is, or is it, Seb Lane. Hello, Gary and Adam. Excuse my voice this time because I have just woken up. Now, the androids of Tahara. I would probably say this is my favourite story in the key time. It has great concepts, with Mary Tam being on top form, playing two roles. Tom Baker is very good. Oh, well, I am very good. And the side cast are brilliant, and it just has an excellent feel and vibe to the story. So I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. Bye for now. An 8.5 from Tom. I mean, Seb. Seb. Crikey. Uh, yeah, loving it. Yeah. Liking the support cast as well. Mm. I uh, do, yeah, actually. I think yeah, there's some, pretty, yeah. Pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, that's it for Audio Clips. Thank you so much, guys, for sending those in. Uh, we had a few over on the socials, over on Twitter. Uh, the Lost on Gallifrey podcast uh, says the best, such good fun. Tom and Mary on top form, and the Grendel is a great one-off villain. Great story, and really funny. Best key to time story a nine point five. Oh wow! Wowzers, nice one. Uh, Jordan Shortman says, "I love this story. One of my fave Who stories ever. From the stunning location work to the sharp and witty dialogue and brilliant performances from everyone involved, it's one of the stories I always want to cheer myself up with. Love it, love it, love it. Crikey. Oh, great." Nick H says, uh, I did not care for this one as a kid, as it was not sci-fi enough. Now I love it as a camp classic, apart from the Marsh Beast. At least it's there. At least it's not there for long. Uh, I like the way uh, they find the segment straight away. So the search, uh, so that the search is not the story. Plus two Mary Tams. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention the Marsh Beast. Probably best not to. It's yeah, dreadful. The dreadful. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is dreadful. Yeah. Um, well, 
it's better than a Jurassic. Uh, moving on, no. John Griffiths. Uh, the Doctor goes all J.R. Hartley. Romana ends up seeing double. Count Dick Dastardly's chin wags a lot. Uh, we see lots of castles, horse riding and fencing. Uh, there are androids, th- thrilling escapes, swords on stairs and plunging over turrets. It's all great stuff. Eight out of ten. Okay, nice. And lastly on Twitter, Dan Pin says it's a fun romp with lots of swashbuckling daring. Uh, do. Peter Jeffrey plays Grendel with great gusto, full of charm and villainy. Tom and Mary are brilliant again. The Taran Wood Beast is the worst monster ever. Like a crappy gorilla costume from a fancy dress shop. Yeah, uh, but Dan does give it a seven out of ten. Is Dan? And it's still better than a Drashic. Uh, over on uh, Facebook, Millie <laughs> McKenzie says, "Finally, I feel like it's taken so long to get to this story." Yeah, we're starting to know what that feels like too, Millie. Yeah. Uh, how do you make childhood favourites, the Princess Bride and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, even better? Make them into a Doctor Who episode. Mm. Uh, she gives it a ten out of ten. Wow. This just makes me so happy. Please don't destroy it like you did the Vervoids. <laughs> <laughs> did we destroy it? Yeah, I suppose we did. We did a little bit. Sorry, Millie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cracking, you know, are you into it though? 10 out of 10. Uh, Lewis Palmer says, good stuff all round. Along with Stones of Blood, this is my fave of the season. Pretty fun. And lastly, Charlie Turner says, my favourite of the season. Apart from the awful looking Tyrant Beast, uh, it's an underrated one. Great stuff. Can't really decide on a rating for this one, but if I had to do, had to go. If I had to, it would be a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Charlie, loving it. Dude, we had a, a lot of love for this one. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm a little bit yeah. surprised. I mean, as I said, enjoyable. I didn't. I wouldn't say I love it. Um, also, I think I enjoy it more well, this time around. I, uh, one, of our, one of those comments there was saying that as a kid they didn't enjoy it. Um, and I'd agree with that. I remember the first couple of times I've watched this, the sort of, yeah, that sort of having, not having the sci-fi vibe to it for like other stories um yeah not it's not always stuck in my mind as one that i like this one but i definitely liked it more this time around yeah 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 okay okay well thank you so much guys as always for sending your thoughts over it's always nice to hear what you guys think next week dude part five part five yes yeah, so we'll be moving on to the power of crawl 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 uh and i mentioned the tar and beast Looking better than the Drashig. I should have saved this comment for next week, shouldn't I? Bloody well, hell. Well, Kroll. Yeah, Kroll. yeah. Bit of a similar vibe, isn't it? Water, yeah. long grass, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so that's going to be uh, us for next week, The Power of Kroll. Yep. So get your reviews in for that. And I think we'll wrap there, dude. Four, two, seven, six. All righty. Thank you, Who fans, for sticking around for another week and listening to our show. It's been great to have you on board for another week. New listeners that have jumped on board, very welcome. You're very welcome aboard the TARDIS. New, um, uh, so long-time listeners, Grizzled Ancients, uh, the dudes that have been around for a long time, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you back, as always. Next week, as Adam said, we're on to the power of Kroll, part five of the key to time. So get that watched we'll be asking for your thoughts and reviews as always in the meantime head over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our previous shows on there plus you can check out like we said earlier all of the great articles and reviews that our writing team put up there loads of cool Doctor Who stuff to get stuck into there are links there to go off to the various podcast networks and apps 
We'd love to have you as a subscriber so you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday. And if you've got a minute to leave a rating and a review, that would be awesome because it helps us out loads and loads. And thank you to the recent reviews. We had a couple pop up recently on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much for those. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow over there. Come and chat Doctor Who throughout the week. And we have a free Discord server as well. There's a link to that from the website. Come and hang out in Discord and chat uh, plenty of Doctor Who. Loads of conversation over there at the minute around uh, people's collections. Loads of big finish chat, um, uh, which is good. Uh, And we're on there as well. So you can come out and, and chat to us and stuff. It's all good to chat Doctor Who also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube The Geek's Handbag yes Geek's Handbag lots of vids unboxings all lots that of stuff. stuff loads of stuff yeah. yeah so grab a drink go and settle down just do a search for The Geek's Handbag check out loads of Adam's videos there literally is loads on there You'll, before yeah. you know it hours have gone by loads of cool lost, geeky stuff hours of your life yeah. <laughs> Adam's, Adam's on the socials too under the same name The Geek's Handbag go and check him out like and a follow uh, as I said, we can all chat plenty of waffle about Doctor Who during the week. We will be back next week for episode 267, hopefully with some news and some cool merch, and then um, continue our reviews for the Key to Time stuff with part five, The Power of Kroll. Until then, my name's Gary. <laughs> my <Mine's> Adam. <laughs> and remember... Eh- <laughs>